they're in a state where they need to sell their house. So they're that motivated seller, but they're like the least stressed out motivated seller rather than someone who's going through foreclosure. Welcome to the Michigan Real Estate Investor Network podcast, hashtag the network. This is episode three, brought to you by provenresource.com. Hi, everybody. My name is Erica Weichel. I'm hosting the Michigan Real Estate Network um, Roundtable podcast this morning. And this morning, um, we have uh, a couple guests with us. So Paul Beach is back with us. He's going to kind of co-host this with me. Um, we also have Nate and Blair. And we are going to go around and we're going to introduce all of ourselves and we're going to start talking about our journey and what we're doing and our exciting and upcoming events. So do you want to go first? Um, yeah, I guess I'm, I'm Nate Ganane. I'm a real estate investor. I do rentals and flips. Um, that's that's me. Hi, Nate. <laughs> Hi. Hello there. Uh, Paul Beats. I'm a buy and hold investor, mostly uh, in Indianapolis. Hi, I'm Blair Clark, and I am a newbie just getting started. I just did my first wholesale deal in January, and I have done a few fix and flips, and I also have my first rental property as well. Very cool. So I guess let's start with Paul, and then we'll, then we'll bring everybody in. So what do you um, currently have that you're working on? So I have a duplex. I just bought a duplex. Uh, <laughs> must have been in February and uh, in Indianapolis. It's my first duplex. And I'm pretty excited because maybe a week or two ago, I uh, closed with a hard money lender um, on uh, the funding for the, the rehab. So it's about uh, a little over 2,000 square foot. Uh, and I, I've got the, um, the windows going in and uh, the, the rehab is underway. So we're very excited about that. Uh, hoping to finish that up here in April and hopefully get it cash flowing by May. Yes, that's in Indianapolis. Mm -hmm. Very nice. Yep. So, Nate, what do you got going on? Um, I actually just bought a single family in uh, Warren three days ago, so we're rehabbing that. Should be done next week, and then I'll rent that out. It's a buy and hold. And uh, like a month and a half ago, I bought a four <clears throat> unit um, that I bought one unit occupied out of the four. I just placed all three tenants as of two weeks ago, so that's totally cash flowing. Um, I think it's like a 23% ROI a year. Uh, so that one's really cool. And I bought a duplex in January. It's like the month before that. That's in Detroit. So Detroit for the duplex, the four-unit support here on, and the single families in South Warren. So you're kind of all over the place. Yeah, and I have other units in other cities, all over Macomb County and um, parts of Wayne. Very cool. Uh, do you use a property management company for that? Um, kind of. Yeah, not the, I kind of manage it myself, but I do have someone who somewhat manages tenants for me, and I manage all the repairs, rehabs, but she places tenants and things like that. Yes, it is. I'm a full-time investor. I have been for four or five years now. Very nice. Yeah. 
And Blair, what do you got? What are you looking at? Uh, right now I have another wholesale deal on the line, but nothing in stone yet. So we will see how that goes. And then I'm also just trying to figure out what I'm going to do for the rest of the year. Uh, so I was having a conversation with Nate earlier about how I really enjoy wholesaling parts of it, but other parts I do not. And I really like the stability that I'm seeing from my rental property. So I am trying to put together a plan for actually getting a few more rentals uh, under my belt so that I can have the stable flowing income, but then also those really awesome payouts from the wholesaling as well. So trying to do both of those at the same time. So you were doing some fix and flip, so that's mm -hmm. not in the picture? No, that isn't because that is a lot of work and our children are tiny and they throw a little monkey wrench into the process sometimes because we were doing as much of the process um, ourselves as we could. And, uh, and so just, like looking back over that and observing everything that went on it's like fix and flips in the future if if we have the opportunity yes but um it's it was about the same payout in the end as a wholesale deal which required a lot more marketing and uh you know going after people but just i could do that from home i didn't have to be anywhere physically doing anything trying to figure out like what to do with the little ones so that was just a little more manageable the wholesaling and then the rental aspect of it I think a lot of people go into wholesaling thinking that it's going to be easy and you don't need to have your own money, mm -hmm. but I don't think they realize the amount of work that actually goes into yeah. wholesaling. Yeah, it, it took a lot of time to do that one deal, whereas the fix and flip, there are a lot of unforeseen things that can happen that you don't know will pop up, but it's more of a guaranteed thing, like the money is secured, the property is secured, we are moving forward, but with the wholesale, everything is up in the air really until you go to the closing table. And, uh, and again, like I was telling Nate, there's, there can be a lot of stress in that. And then there was just a ton of marketing that went into that one deal, like, uh, you know, well over a hundred phone calls just to secure one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Paul, where are you finding your deals? Like how, how do you find them? Wholesalers. So, <laughs> yeah. so you have, you're on a buyer's <clears throat> list then? I am. Yeah. And actually, you know, that's, that's something I, a lot of uh, buy and hold investors that they're wanting to get into buy and hold, maybe they've got plenty of cash or they've got some private lenders on board. I hear a lot from uh, aspiring buy and hold investors that, oh, I can't find properties. I can't find them all. <clears throat> and I've found that that's probably the easiest part. Uh, for me, uh, you know, on Facebook and networking with other people in the area, um, I I try to get on everybody's cash buyer list. And you know, if you talk to a wholesaler, somebody that's an aspiring wholesaler, that's the first step is to build your your cash yes. buyers list. So Very they're looking important. for you. You're looking for them. It's I think it's the easiest part. So um, that's how I got started. I spent a lot of time uh, networking and and getting uh, put on the. Uh, on wholesalers cash list. So I'm to the point now where um, almost every day I get a deal in my email. So all nice. that marketing, all of that work and everything that the wholesalers do, they, the deals just roll in. And all I have to do is take the information that comes in, run the numbers. You know, I have uh, back of the napkin numbers and I could do that on my phone or whatever and just check it out. And then if it looks like the cap rate will be in the, the ballpark of where I'm looking for, then uh, I'll just, uh, I'll do a little deeper due diligence. But all of my deals are coming from wholesalers. And I, I've got some wholesalers that uh, that know my name and, and are, you know, actively nice. looking for the kinds of properties that uh, that I'm interested in. 
And so since you're dealing with out-of-state properties, I mean, do you physically go look? Do you have boots on the ground out there? Yeah, so I do have a team down there. I've, I've got a property manager that, uh, that I trust, and um, I actually now have a rehabber. He runs kind of a turnkey on the side, um, but he's running out of a turnkey property, so um, he's starting to do rehabs for investors. So um, he and I have kind of uh, built a relationship, and so he's been a, a great resource. Uh, he's got a lot of uh, experience in, in the real estate market in Indianapolis. Um, so I do have some boots on the ground that I trust. Uh, and if I feel the need to, to send somebody out to a property to take a look at it, you know, I've got people that can go and do that. Very cool. Nate, where are you finding your properties? Um, I'd say about half of them are off market. They come to me through relationships I've built. Um, not so much wholesalers. Um, Brokers, agents uh, that know of a sale that has to happen real quick, they'll kind of let me know, and uh, I go buy it. So, like, the duplex was like that. Um, the single family was like that. The four unit was actually on the MLS. So I, I find a small chunk on the MLS, and I do have wholesalers. They bring me about a quarter of my deals. Um, you know, so one out of four deals comes from a wholesaler. The other half are off market. Rarely today I find stuff on the MLS, but the, like I said, the fourplex was the MLS. Very good. So... Blair, how are you looking for your properties? Um, I am doing just probate only. So when I'm digging for the uh, the motivated seller. Uh, so I actually hired a coach to help me out because I learned about wholesaling when I went to a weekend seminar. So I bought into the seminar. But um, from there, I, it, I had a lot of really great takeaways from it. So it was actually worthwhile because I do hear people going to these seminars and it's a lot of fluff and it's not actually like actionable things that you can do. But the seminar that I went to, lucky enough, I actually had a takeaway and that was wholesaling. It was something that I didn't even know what it was. Um, so since I knew that I didn't know enough to go on, I just put a little bit of money where my mouth was. I bought some education. I hired a coach, consultant, whatever you want to call him. Um, and so he taught me to do probate marketing. So I go to the courthouse. Um, I go online to the, I do Macomb County only. It's just kind of like all I have the capacity for right now is just the one county. And so I just uh, call the executors, the people that are the administrator over the estate and uh, see if there is any interest in selling. And so usually um, it's like I said, it was about a hundred plus phone calls just to do this one deal. And it's usually a lot of people that tell me, no, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Please don't call again. Um, and then every now and then you actually get an interested person and sometimes it takes you down a rabbit trail. But yeah, that's, that's where I'm looking for right now because I, I think that the probate executor, they're in a state where they need to sell their house. So they're that motivated seller, but they're like the least stressed out motivated seller rather than someone who's going through foreclosure or they're going through bankruptcy or they're going through some sort of like messy, you know, divorce or something like that. Um, a lot of times the person that's in charge of the estate, they don't have any emotion really invested into it. Um, so I think that they were like the least mean of the people <laughs> to talk to. So, Well, yeah, good. Sometimes, um, depending on like your list or how much mm -hmm. you're marketing, you're almost um, viewed as like an ambulance chaser. Yeah. You know, so like yep. somebody died and then you're calling on, on their estate and, yeah. and they think that you're just, yes. Yeah. I, I, I totally mm -hmm. get it. So what part do you really struggle with? Uh, the cold calling. I hate it. I hate the cold calling. And so I've been considering hiring someone to 
Oh, no, someone off to the left is shaking their head. No. Uh, so what I was going to say is I was considering hiring someone to do the cold calling for me, but I guess I will be reconsidering that. <laughs> I'm getting, getting sidebar counsel here right now. Um, but no, I, I really dislike it. But that is something that my that my uh, coach said is like, you have to do all of the facets of your business at first before you just decide that you're going to be like, you know, this big time person and you're going to hire things out. You have to actually understand the ins and the outs and you have to get good at the things that you do. But really that's, um, so the, the thing that I like the least about it would be the cold calling. And then I guess the biggest struggle would be the time blocking just because, um, you know, for those of you that I've actually introduced myself to, I'm a stay at home mom and I have two little boys and they consume a lot of my time, which is part of the reason why I'm a stay-at-home mom is I'm giving them my time. Um, but it's hard to hammer out a consistent chunk of time every day of when I can actually, you know, do do the things that are required, especially making the phone calls like during business hours, you know, like during should, the daytime. Uh, you should write a book, Cold Calling During Nap Time. <laughs> There you go. <laughs> Real estate investing for the stay at home. Mom. No, I uh, I w would run away downstairs to the basement during nap time. So I was like in the furthest point of the basement, like their bedrooms are here, and I'm going down here so that they don't hear my voice uh, when I'm doing the cold calling, and you know, just being really just like I hope I don't sound like a creeper because I'm trying to talk as quietly as possible on the phone so that I don't wake my kids up so that I can get as many phone calls in this block of time done as possible. I went through the same thing. I've got four kids, and when I did it from home, I would lock myself at the bathroom, turn on Elmo, and you know, just yeah. try to you know hope for the best. So I mean, yeah. it definitely is a struggle when you're when you don't have a place to go, a quiet mm -hmm. office, or where you can just focus and concentrate. And as you're talking to people, you can hear your kids running around upstairs, so you got to run back up and check on them. Yes. So no, it, it is a struggle. Time blocking though is uh, it's something I struggle with um, as well. Just trying to make the time because there's always a hundred other things to be doing. Mm -hmm. So I know Paul, you kind of got things down pat, but do you have any struggles? Um, right now, I'm I'm struggling with uh, funding. So you know, I'm I'm now going back and you know because I have a W two job and and uh, I've saved up some money and and I have a few private lenders on the side. Uh, I qualify for, you know, bank financing. So that's too much, not too much of a struggle, but I'm kind of run out of uh, those avenues. So now I'm looking at building kind of a private lender um, list, uh, people that I can go to and, and work to help fund some of my deals. Um, I told my wife, if I was rich, I could, you know, buy up real estate and be rich. But, you know, so it's, uh, it's a real challenge finding funding for my deals and uh, and that's kind of what I'm now going back to, to, to get started on. No, it takes money to make money. So right. you, you got to find it from somewhere. Yeah, exactly. And I, you know, like I said, I've got some of my own cash, but you know, I want to try to leverage my own cash. Uh, so instead of buying a property for a hundred thousand dollars, I think you just have one property that's cash flowing. I can buy, you know, five properties for 20,000 a piece is kind of a down payment. So that's the kind of, you know, I'm, I'm looking to try to leverage my cash from that. Property. Yeah, because a lot of mm -hmm. private lenders want to know that you've got some of your own skin in the game. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I've exhausted all of the different creative financing strategies other than private lenders. So, um, you know, we're, I'm now working on the private lender piece. Got it. And how about you, Nate? You got some struggles? Um, yeah, a little different than his. I, I actually have a lot of private investors. I've uh, been doing it a while. Um, I like I just bought seven units in the last two and a half months like I want to do that five more times I can't find that many deals 
that pencil the way I want them to. Um, so that's more my struggle. I, I, I actually have an abundance of money available to me and I <laughs> the struggle is real. I've been doing it for like I said, I was nineteen, so I've been doing it for eight years. And when I started my first property was a uh, twenty five thousand dollars in St. Clair Shores. So like today you can't touch that for a hundred and fifty. Yeah. Right. So I am real picky on my returns. Like my rentals are fifteen up to like thirty three percent a year returns. Um, so I'm very picky. Like I, I don't try to get like 10% a year. I look for real big ones. That four unit, I used private investors to buy it. Um, I put in 10 grand. Um, so a hundred thousand dollar property, I put in 10, it'll net $18,000 a year. And I'll refinance it in six months. The percent return is technically infinite. I'll have no money in it. Um, and it'll make 12 grand a year. And, uh, so I'm just, that's my, we're kind of the opposite. I, a lot of the deals just don't pencil to how I need them to. So I'm not buying as much as I would like. So finding the deals is your struggle yeah. at the moment. Well, and I, I do find a lot of deals. It's just not as many as I want. Like I, I want to buy a hundred units before the year's up and I bought seven. <laughs> so, so um, but you said you bought your first one at 18, 19, 19. Yeah. yeah. 19. It was a rental. And then, uh, all I wanted was a bunch of rentals and, uh, I bought that one and six months through, I was like, this is awesome. But I, I, can't buy 40 more. It's not possible. So then I got into fix and flips. About a year after I got that one, I found a house, a brick bungalow in St. Clair Shores for 37000 And I put it under contract. No idea where the money was coming from. I think three days before my uh, money, like I would have like lost my AMD basically. I found someone to commit purchasing it for me. So I bought it, fixed it up. I think I made like 12000 before I sold it. I found another rental for 25 grand. So I sold mine for 55 or something. Used that money um, that I made. I made like 25 off it after paying back my first investor. And then uh, I bought that rental. I owned it outright. And then I bought like two more flips and then like three flips, four flips, another rental. And like I said, now I have 19 rentals and no flips going right now. I sold my last one in uh, January, I want to say, in St. Clair Shores. So how did you get into it? Because, I mean, that was really young to, to start investing. Yeah, well, I always wanted my own business, and uh, I just made a list um, my first year in college, and I, I wanted something essential that would never go away. So I, I came up with, like, gas, food, and shelter. The only thing I could do was houses, um, and there were houses for, like, 30 grand. And I was trying to figure out how to do it. I was working at a car wash. I saved, like, $5,000, and I ended up, Offering on a bunch of houses, trying to figure out how I'd pay for them, and I kept getting beat out. And then I found one. It was listed at fifteen thousand. It went to highest and best, and I didn't want to lose it. I bid twenty-five thousand. I got it, and I, I actually got a close relative to uh, put the money up. And I had my five grand as like collateral for him. He he knew the house was worth a lot more than twenty-five. He's from the city, um, and I told him I'd give him all the rent to, to pay him down. So I just kept giving him all the rent, all the rent, all the rent. And then when I sold it. I paid off what I owed him plus his interest and I made like I said like 20 to 25 grand um, and then from then on I just kept finding other investors it's a lot slower than that but the momentum builds really fast so uh, that first property took me a year and a half to find it um, and then after that it just kept building but to start anyway back to the beginning once I found out real estate I um, read books probably for a year and a half in the back of that car wash, I read like half of them. <laughs> and then I read the other half at home. And then I um, found some people that kind of knew real estate. 
today if I met them, I, I wouldn't think they do. But at the time, they were helpful enough that I eventually found the property. So, um, but yeah, that's how I got started. <laughs> so, are you from this, like St. Clair Shores area? I'm from St. Clair Shores. That so that car wash is in St. Clair Shores, actually. <laughs> I worked out. But yeah, I'm from there. And then um, that was my first year of college. Second year of college, I was at Macomb College. And then after my second year, I got too busy. I stopped going after I finished that out. And then I um, worked at the car wash for three more years while I was flipping and had my rentals. And then I got busy enough around the age of 22 that I quit. I lived at my parents this whole time, by the way. <laughs> I moved out probably a year and a half ago. Um, I, at my own house, actually, technically is a flip. I bought it for 10 or 12 grand in St. Clair Shores. It lit on fire. So I bought it super cheap, redid it. Took me a year because I was doing it on the side. Mm -hmm. It might be like a $130,000 house, but it's, it's mine. So it's the same awesome. thing. I flipped my own house. So it's, you know. No, um, that's smart. And you own that outright, your own home. I own that outright. Yeah. yeah. So I was going to say, so they, we literally had the exact opposite story. Um, his funding, I've never, I've never used bank funding ever. Um, I'm just, I've actually talked to him on the side at some events about refinancing through a bank, you know, to get better interest rates and whatnot. But I've only ever used private investing or my own money after I started making some to buy everything. Um, so I do think there's almost like an infinite amount of capital out there for anyone. <laughs> yeah, it just takes time, like yeah. anything. Yeah. So like he will I'm sure pretty quickly he'll build up his list of private investors. You just gotta go to do that. Yeah. It's amazing that you can find private money at a lot of these networking events that, that we've been yeah. doing. Um, you just don't know who you're sitting next to. Yeah. I mean, I've been very surprised. There's been a few people where I had no idea that I was sitting next to somebody that was, that's what he did for a living, yeah. you know, and either, you know, they had a lot of properties or, you know, they would use some private lending and you wouldn't know by looking at them. They, yeah. they blend in with the rest of us. So, mm -hmm. you know, it's always important to get out there and, and start meeting people. Um, so how did you get some interest in real estate investing? It was an accident. <laughs> it usually is. And then it sucks <laughs> you in. mean it. Um, no. So when I, I used to teach elementary school and when I left, um, we needed to generate some income to supplement. Uh, and then also I wanted to stay at home. So we were just kind of playing some ideas around, throwing some ideas around and uh, we had sold our house and we saw how much we had made. We had only lived in St. Clair Shores. We'd only lived in our home for three years. Um, it was a fix and flip that we had not uh, fixed or flipped ourselves, but we bought it from an investor that was a family friend. And so I don't know if he cut us a deal, but I know that the price was great that he gave it, gave it to us. And it was our first home and it was newly remodeled. Just the typical... Um, three bedroom, two bath brick ranch in St. Clair Shores. And so when we decided to sell it just three years later, we saw how much equity we had in just a few years. It was also at a point in time where when we purchased in 2012, the market was still a little bit low. And when we sold in 2015, it had improved somewhat. Um, so just from that amount that I saw that we could make on that transaction, it's like a light bulb went off and that was the answer. And I had tried other things in the in-between to try to supplement my income from home and like nothing was taking off and it was all stupid stuff like mommy blogging and like fitness marketing from multi-level marketing companies and just ridiculous stuff. Um, but I saw the amount of money in one transaction and I just thought I want more of that. Like, that's really cool. Let's see if we can do this. We don't know what we're doing. We both have education degrees, my husband and I. Um, 
but we decided to buy a little house that had really good bones, but it was just ugly. Like no one had ever loved it and it had never been remodeled since the first time whomever decorated it in like 1960. And so we fixed it up. We did it mostly ourselves. We have a lot of contractor friends and family that we can lean on that will, uh, basically work for like pizza and beer <laughs> like just we had to provide materials and they were just free labor and um and so we just utilized that and we sold that and and we just wanted to do it again and so then we uh, got a, a rental property and um so that's just and and so i say that in like 30 seconds but that was like three years that took three years to figure out like like okay like we we did a couple of fix and flips and that was, you know, cool, but let's try getting a rental property and see how that works out. But I just knew that I wanted to use property for income. I just knew that. And, and like I was, you know, telling Paul earlier before we started recording, like I just, I fell into this and my, how dialed in my goal was, was I literally was like, I want to use houses for money. And that was it. Like, that was like the statement, just like, how can I do this? Like, how can we use real estate for money. And I had no idea of anything out there, like the, all the different types of seller financing or anything like subject to land contracts, nothing like that. I had no idea that wholesaling was even existed. The first time I heard the concept, I didn't believe that it was legal, you know, and just so it's just, it's a whole brand new world to me. Um, so yeah, I just, I literally fell into it and it was about a year ago that I actually identified that what I was even doing could be classified as real estate investing. And that's when um, we saw, and I, I think that Facebook reads our thoughts because, or at least our phones <laughs> <They> are, <do. laughs> our phones are absolutely listening to you because I had never researched anything about a real estate investing conference. And then lo and behold, a real estate investing conference conveniently located, you know, like in Sterling Heights, <laughs> was going on for free. We could go to this one hour conference for free, which is where they sold you the three day weekend with, you know, that, that we ended up purchasing. Um, and it was, it was the best thing ever. The best thing ever was to not scroll by that ad and to actually go and sit and like take the bait and bite the hook. And it sounded, it, it sounded really stupid to our parents when we told them that that's what we were going to do. But I'm so glad that we didn't listen and we just went ahead with it and without a without any really sort of structured plan seriously like no plan just like oh you know we're gonna do this and people are like i don't think that you should and we're like well we're gonna so we did it and we're you know we're still figuring it out from there but the whole amount of time now has been four years so we're just really and then the financing um, so were you able mm -hmm. to, did you have your own money to invest or did you? No, find no, we did bank financing. We had a mortgage. Um, we've had a, we've had a mortgage for the fix and flips and then a mortgage for the, uh, rental property. And then, you know, obviously the wholesaling was, you know, was wholesaling, but that, that was different. But yeah, so I didn't really, um, hard money lending just sounded like this really big, scary thing, um, I understand that it's not now, but at the time it was just like, it was going through my mind, maybe trying to find a hard money lender, private funding of some kind, but I didn't even really know like the terminology, what it was even called. I don't even know how to Google it at the time. So I'm just like, well, let's just see if the bank will help us out. And they did. And so, 
Nice. Mm. Did you guys, have you guys ever went to a conference or done education that wise, aside from reading the books and being kind of self-taught? I did. Yeah, I went to one. Um, uh, after I bought my rental, I already bought a house. Um, it was helpful. The, the best thing about it really is just that you have a room full of 100 guys that all want to do the same thing. Mm -hmm. That's like the, to me, it was the biggest takeaway from the one I went to. Um, but you can get the same thing at certain Rios because further my experience is like i said my biggest thing was just having other people so like you had a list when i left i had a list of 30 people that i knew like this guy maybe has money this guy so you can like call them and if you need something you know what everyone's looking for that was to me was the best part about it yeah i've not had any um formal or you know seminars or, or training like that um you know i paid for some education um related to that but it, it wasn't specific for uh, real estate got it so let's talk about newbies so it seems like um, I meet a lot of them and they're very gung-ho and they're ready to go but they just can't make that that leap and whether it's finances or they're scared or family is telling mm -hmm. them not to do it so what would your advice be for somebody new that's trying to get in there maybe isn't getting the support from their family or you know they just don't feel they're educated enough or they're just having a really hard time letting go of that the, the money you know to invest and hope it works out and that they don't lose it go ahead oh um so i, I like for me at least um before i picked real estate i read a book um it was a tony robbins book i think it's called unlimited power there's uh, i read a couple but a bunch of mindset books and disregarding real estate i think if you start anything you just gotta <laughs> pick what you're going to do and put a bunch of goals down. So that's what I did. Goals all over my walls, read them every single day. And, uh, mine was real estate obviously. But, um, so every day I had to look at that and my goal was, you know, make $300,000 the next two years by real estate. So every single day I took a whole bunch of action to do that. Um, and even eight months after I still didn't find a deal. I just kept going cause that's all I wanted to do. So my whole goal was just to do that. So just set goals pursue them and ignore everybody else. Uh, I had people tell me you couldn't do it either, but you know, I'd have a, like a plumber tell me you can't do that. Well, he's a plumber. So yeah, he can't <laughs> do that. But that'd be like me telling him he couldn't be a plumber. It's right. the same, you know, same thing. So I would just read a lot of books and just stay real focused and just realize everybody that does it, no one's really a genius. There's a whole bunch of dumb people, smart people that do real well. Um, but just persistence basically. Yeah, I, I totally agree with that uh, persistence. But, you know, we talked about it uh, last week on the podcast. That mindset. Uh, the mindset, yeah. right? And almost every real estate investor that you meet, they're going to talk about mindset. But we also talked about surrounding yourself with the right people. So, you know, I don't bring up real estate with family that I know don't, uh, you know, align with, with those goals, right? Uh, or, you know, they have kind of a, a negative mindset about it. I don't bring it up. I don't yeah. discuss it with because, you know, the truth is they've never done real estate, right? So their opinion in and around real estate really isn't valid. Um, so that's why I go to Rio's, you know, I, I uh, spend Saturdays on a podcast with you guys uh, because I want to I want to surround myself with people that are like minded, that are doing it, that are successful doing it. And I can learn a lot from them because uh, I'm fairly new at this as well. I've only been at it about a year. Um, so I, I think uh, that's really important surround yourself with people that uh, that believe in in uh, where you want to go yeah well you know and part of this is you know to, to share the love and share our, our knowledge and our expertise and to help people build their business I mean that's really 
um, my goal in doing it. When I started um, buying a couple of houses, I bought two in Warren and they were both HUD homes. And it was a lot different back then, you know, and I didn't know what it was going to be like. I didn't know what a rehab was going to actually turn out to be. I didn't know if my prices were right. And, um, but the connections I made, the reason I bought the houses was because I went to actually the Macomria and I met some people. Um, one of the guys I used to work with also was a real estate investor who originally talked to me about it. Um, but I had a lot of family that said it was very risky and it was right before the bottom dropped out on everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everyone was like, oh, good thing you sold those houses, you know, it, but people made it through, you yeah. know, I mean, but it's surrounding yourself with people and educating your, yourself mm -hmm. for sure. Um, favorite book? Were you a book reader? It sounded like. Uh, yeah, it's very much so. Um, so I definitely, you know, piggybacking on what they're saying, mindset is so important. And that really starts with reading books and listening to audios. Um, and reading the book, the actual tactile book. Um, so disclosure, I am a reading teacher, so I am about to, you know, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm definitely, uh, definitely a pro reading. Um, but actually reading the tactile book is very important. But then also just whenever you're doing stuff around the house, turn off the stupid music and listen to an audio. And if you've got reality TV on, that's awesome. But turn that off too, because that's dumb. And just like <laughs> fill, no, like start, start streaming something that's actually going to educate you or empower you. Um, and so I'm actually to the point where I, I don't actually watch any television. Um, like zero, like I, there are zero TV shows that I watch, including HGTV. People think that I'm just like really into HGTV and I'm just like, no, I, I actually don't watch it because it's a little different. It's a little bit yeah. different. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. We are not chipping Joanna Gaines out here. People are just like, oh, you guys, cause we, cause I do a lot of stuff with my husband and they're like, you guys are just like chipping Joanna Gaines. It's like, nope, we are not. Um, but just the best book that I have read was probably the first book that I read. And I think it's significant because it's the first book that, um, and when I mean the first book that I read, I mean like personal development, mindset building, entrepreneur lifestyle type genre was The 4-Hour Work Week by Timothy Ferris. And I read that um, the summer I left teaching, not really knowing what I was going to do. I had that summer that I could pretend that like come September, my husband and all of my teacher friends are going to go back to school um, and and everything was going to be fine. But I still had that like fear of like, what's going to happen? I don't know what I'm going to do. And it was like in July, I'm just like sitting outside in my yard reading this book. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like my eyes were open. I didn't even know people thought this way. I didn't even know that this was like a thing that you could do because the, the, the culture, uh, the way that I was brought up is just like, you know, you go to school and then you get an education and then you get a career and then you work that career until you either retire or you die. And so I just didn't really realize that there was even this thing out there called the entrepreneurial mindset. And I had heard of entrepreneurs, but I didn't even really know what that was. You know, like I had some friends who were majoring in entrepreneurship. Well, what's that? I don't know. They couldn't even really define it. Um, so that was really, really significant for me. But then the most recent book that I have read that I think has directly impacted um, my perspective of what I want to do from here. So having 
done a few things, a few fix and flips, one rental, one wholesale, figuring out where am I going to go from here was the pumpkin plan by uh, Mike Michalowicz. And then I read that and then I read his other book after that called Profit First. Um, and I'm glad that I read them in that order. So if anyone is thinking about reading some Mike Michalowicz books, I've not read his others, but if you want to read the pumpkin plan and Profit First, I think you should read, it's my opinion, the pumpkin plan first and then and then Profit First. Um, because the pumpkin plan just really helps you to dial in how even though you're really doing what everyone else around you in that category is doing, this is how to set yourself apart and then also how to figure out um, how to take your own strengths, your own skill sets, and even just your own likes and wants and preferences and really just leverage that and capitalize on it. And then profit first because I have an ed degree and I really don't know anything like business or or finances or anything like that um that just really helped give me a direction of like so you have money coming in this is how to allocate it and this is how to do it and this is how to make sure that you actually at the end of the day uh have money for yourself and nate i know you said um tony robbins books but any podcast that, that you listen to or books that you would recommend for a newbie um yeah like i've read a bunch of books uh, and it kind of just depends where you're at if like her if you didn't know anything about being an entrepreneur or a real estate investor, you definitely should check out books like the Tony Robbins or Mindset ones so you can get in that mindset. Um, but for real estate books, the first book I've read about landlording, my mom got me as a joke. It was uh, <laughs> Landlording for Dummies. And um, <laughs> it was actually really good, though. The guy that wrote it, I think he owned um, like a thousand units. It was actually a lot better than I thought. I, I was reading it as a joke and it turned out to be pretty good, real simple. Simple enough that after you read it, you're like, well, this is stupid. I can do this. It, you know, uh -huh. So it was enough to get you. Over just that to take, hump. Yeah. yeah. So I read that. Um, a bunch of books. And then I also, I, I still do. I, I read a lot of biographies of like really successful people and just use their mindset. But I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Um, the Bigger Pockets has a really good podcast. Um, there's a bunch. Uh, I listen to Bigger Podcasts. I, I'm actually really into trying to get an apartment. So. Now I'm transitioning to that. So I listen to, um, there's one called Old Capital. There's one called, um, well, the best ever show. That's Joe Fairless. I listen to that. I listen to this new, his name's Corey Peterson. Not sure on the name of his podcast, but I listen to that all the time. And then um, I also listen to some, some other ones. Um, one just about the stock market, just to get an overall view. But uh, <laughs> he's holding up a sign, can I dunk? And I'm, I'm guessing, no, I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah so I, I do i listen to a lot of podcasts and um, i actually have audible on my phone and i, I listen to mm -hmm. books on audio you can yeah. you can listen to like two books a week basically um so yeah and that's really what i found i have to do because i i'm at work all the yeah. time i can't and when i go to bed i'm exhausted so i'm not staying yeah. up and reading so it's yeah the, the audio i read is, far fewer books now that i have little ones and so the audiobooks are definitely a godsend like it, it takes me forever now to get through an actual book no but, i hear yeah. you mm -hmm. it's tough paul you got some podcasts or books that you would recommend so, yeah i'm a big fan of podcasts i uh listen to those to and from work i've got about a 35 minute drive um, bigger pockets is kind of my go-to uh, i love that podcast i listen to that regularly um, but the one that he didn't mention is clayton morris um, i'm not a big fan of some of his business dealings but his podcast is pretty interesting and uh, that was actually the first podcast that i got started with um, so he, he has a lot of really good uh uh, nuggets of wisdom in there um 
you know, uh, aside from his, his turnkey business. Uh, but uh, I also listen to there's a real estate news uh, podcast. I think that's kind of interesting. Um, I'm kind of a news junkie. Um, so uh, I listen to those. Unfortunately, I'm not really a book, book person. I'm, I'm keeping a list. Everybody says, oh, you should read this book. I need to, to add that into my, my audio listening. Um, not really, uh, I haven't been a book person up to this point. Got it. Yeah, I can tell you um, my biggest struggle, um, and although I'm not actively investing on a regular basis, but it is truly finding the time um, and also just trying to get stuff done. I mean, it's when you run a business and then you also have a home life and you have a million different goals. I mean, it's just, it's really tough to figure out and create balance. Yeah. So for me, um, I've been reading Presence Over Perfect and it, it's more about working on your business, not necessarily in your business mm -hmm. and trying to figure out as I'm a control freak, how to let go of everything. So it is what it is. <laughs> um, so with Blair, do you guys have any advice for her? Please. Um, you can go first. <laughs> um, it just sounded like you had a lot of different things going on. And just what I found is, is that uh, find one that you're, you, that you kind of speaks to you, mm -hmm. that it meets your goals and focus on that. Yeah. Right. Trying to do fix and flips and rentals and, 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 and it just, um, I think it, it's very difficult to get good at any one of them. So. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I just, I don't have the capacity yeah, for, exactly. for that whole portfolio right now. Yeah, anyway, exactly. yeah. find something that speaks to you that you think, uh, you know, works well for your goals mm -hmm. and, and stick with it. Cause I'd love to do wholesaling, but, uh, I don't have the time. And, and yeah. so maybe once I quit my W2, you know, I, I might be able to get into other things, but I try to focus on, on just one thing. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that was good advice. And then, uh, what I, what I always do is like back out, look at what you want. So I'm, I don't make it up. Say you want a million dollars to easy goal, like to write down. So you write down and then you say, what will get me to that the best? And you got to look at the lifestyle you want. So like I always write down my life. So how I want my day to day to be. And some people want to wholesale. They have a totally different lifestyle than a buy and hold investor, totally different than a fix and flipper. And then you pick one and then, yeah, just totally focus on it down the road. I, I do both, but I do both because instead of a W2, I fix and flip to get my rentals. So I was forced to do both. And whenever I came across a good deal to buy and hold, I would buy it and hold it. But, uh, but yeah, it's really hard to be a wholesaler and a buy and hold and a fix and flipper. And if you're going to be a realtor or a whatever, some people try mm -hmm. doing 10 things at yeah. once and they're not good at any of them. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I just get really good at one thing and do it. Got so it. Good advice. Yeah. <laughs> so um, as founding members, what can people reach out to you for? And what are you looking for that maybe somebody can help you with? Gotcha. Okay. Um, so I could be, I could be the encouragement guru. I'm really good at that. Um, no, I, I right now am really just trying to figure out like what, what it, uh, capacity. So that's like, that's like my word, I guess. Um, I'm just, I observe a lot of people who try to take on more than what they can do. So yeah, it's absolutely like excellent advice because even, even the coach that I've hired right now, um, doesn't really quite get, uh, my picture, you know, because he's not a stay at home mom. Um, but, but so the capacity has been a really big 
thing for me. So I've just really been trying to figure out like, how can I do this and also not damage my relationships and keep my sanity and then do all of the, um, so I'm involved in a lot of outreach that doesn't even have anything to do with real estate, like outside of, of that as well. So, um, so trying to relate that to your question is like, I am trying to figure out like how to do real estate investing yet also be a whole person and like keep my sanity. And so um, I will be posting into the groups group a lot of things that are like based on mindset and then also just trying to figure this out and then also just being like relaxed, like just relax and it's okay. Like yesterday I posted in the group that uh, I had established a goal, you know, like someone, someone had done like, let's accountability, you know, let's uh, list our goals for this week and let's get them done. And I had posted my goal and I was determined to reach it and I didn't. And just the awareness that like, that's okay. So for, for me, because I am so new, I could give, um, any real estate investing advice that I could give, uh, to, to my best ability. But right now I think it would just be more like camaraderie for the other newbies of like, you know, we need to stick together. We need to encourage each other. We need to uplift each other. Um, and that's really important too. networking and, uh, posting, your whatever you have for sale and then posting whatever it is that you are trying to purchase that's really important to um building like the business relationship but then also just building like a network of people just like you know my family doesn't really understand what i'm going through and neither do my friends because they're in a completely different sector you do actually need like a core group of people that you can just talk to that you can just be real with um so if anybody ever wants to reach out and just like you know vomit their frustration or vent or just you know they need a listening ear um at this point i think that's what i could sometimes, best bring to the table sometimes you know? a cheerleader is needed yeah especially with us yeah. girls we'll have to stick together right. on that that's right <laughs> and paul so you can catch me on facebook you know i'm in a number of different groups uh i try to contribute uh, my goal is just, you know, constructive uh, contributions, especially for the newbies mm -hmm. coming in, uh, encouragement, um, trying to provide, you know, information. Uh, there's so many gurus and, and people out there trying to profit on, uh, you know, information that should be free. Uh, so I want to be one of those people that's providing constructive feedback and uh, helping people to be successful in their own uh, ambitions. Got it. Um, yeah. Like I said, I, I have rental experience, so if anyone has questions on that, I can help out. Um, fix and flips, analyzing deals, anything like that. Um, I think I'm pretty good at it, uh, so I'd be willing to help there. Um, something I'm looking to get out of the group, like I said, as it progresses, I am trying to switch to apartments, and I'm a total newbie at that, never had one. I own a six-unit building. I don't count that. I'm talking about like 50-unit buildings, what I'm trying to get into. So I'm a newbie at that. If anyone's experienced, read. Yeah, I'd love to talk to you, but um, otherwise, like I said, I can help in most any aspect, residential, not really wholesaling. I, I don't do that. I'm more um, network-based is how I get my deals. I talk to other people who bring me their deals. Um, so, But I can, like I said, fix and flips, analyze deals, buy and holds, ROIs, raising money. I'm pretty, I think I'm good at raising money. Any questions like that, um, mindset books, anything, I'll feel free to help out. Very good. And you know, for me, I talk to a lot of real estate investors on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. They're always calling into the title company. They're trying to put together their power team. And that's what we're here to do is to help people through their, their first deal, hold their hand, get them through it, explain the process. Um, and to contribute, you know, we're um, almost finished with our investor handbook. So that will go hopefully a, a long way 
as well to provide information for people and why a title company needs certain information and what that means to the investor and why they, you know, especially if you're working at a deal mm -hmm. and you're working directly with a seller and not an investor, sometimes things have to be explained, like why do we need their divorce decree? You know, I mean, they just don't understand why I would need that. Well, you know, if his ex-wife gets some of that money, I need to know about it. So, yeah. you know, it's one of those one of those things. So that's what I'm looking to contribute is, you know, a little hand-holding, get people through their deals, help them out. And I'm, a, I have a huge network of resources. So if I don't know the answer, I can put someone together with someone that does know the answer. So that's what I'm looking to do. Any final words, golden nuggets you want to share, takeaways? We're all good? Yeah, I think that was it. Awesome. All set. Well, this was a great roundtable. We're really excited. The Michigan Real Estate Investor Network Podcast Roundtable. Thanks for coming. All right. Thanks for having us. Thanks. Thank you. You've been listening to the Michigan Real Estate Investor Network Podcast. Let's call it the network. To subscribe to the show, go to www.michiganreinetwork.com where you can have the show sent right to your inbox. Subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. If you'd like to be on a future show, there's a link on the site to submit your info. The network is 100% focused on the Michigan real estate investing community. Whether you're brand new or a grizzled vet, we want you to be a part and share the love.